good evening, everyone. Welcome to this, the Legion of Myth weekly live stream. I am your happy, happy host, Alex Garthon Marsh. With me is Brett Heathen Dog Grismer. Say hello, oh Heathen Dog. Hello, I am your unhappy, grumpy, cantankerous host. Ha-ha! Ah, are we doing that now? Are we taking rolls? Yeah, you're, you're good cop, I'm bad cop. It's going to be awesome. Well, depending on what we're talking about, that's usually true, I suppose. Sometimes you stray into other territory and you're like, you can't say that, Garth. I'm like, oh, I'm saying it. The prequels suck. Uh, I, I can't fight that. There's that's not controversial. I can't, I can't fight it. Well, that's kind of no, like saying, you know, Star Trek V sucks. Well, yeah, it does. You know, Star Trek yeah, IV is silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it I, is. I it is, but much better than five. And I, I still think five is better than one. Uh, uh, Viger, come on, man, come on. I liked I, Viger. I would much now. Okay, let's I thought go on. you see. We, now we need the disclaimer because you said that. No, we need the disclaimer now. The whole point. <laughs> see, one has to be taken in context of its time period. It really does, because one has a lot of really slow, really boring scenes. It does. And I like one, and I'm going to say it has a lot of stupid, boring scenes in it. But you have to remember, this was the first movie after no one had seen anything Star Trek other than reruns for a decade or so. And so they were going to go and get their rocks off on every big, long, sweeping arc of showing the Enterprise coming out of space dock. You know, they were going to get their money's worth of that. And at the time, people loved it. Then looking back, it's like, why is this so long? Why don't they just launch the damn ship? You know. That movie has a lot of neat stuff in it, a lot of bad stuff. So I appreciate it for what it is. It's a good sci-fi film. Not, uh, it's an okay sci-fi film, but I enjoy it. But what we're doing this week is we're going to go over Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, Shadowrun History Part D. No, 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 no. no. We're, we're out of history. What do you now, mean? Now we're into archetypes. That's what your slide said. Nope. You're going to be doing a whole different set of slides then. Um, what? Pretty sure. That's yeah. what you just sent me. You might have sent me the wrong slideshow. We'll find out. Uh, no, no, yours is new archetypes. You're right. I'm sorry. I just didn't update that, this part. The uh, And in Gartha's comic poll, where we talk about lots of comic books. See, I knew I forgot this slide. I didn't update this slide. We should start the whole thing over again. Just scrap it. Throw it away. All worthless, but it's live, so we're going to keep going. The uh, Going to go over three big books. I call this segment we're doing this week the good the bad, and the ugly. And we'll re be reviewing a book that fits each this week. Then we'll talk about some random stuff going on. Maybe even talk a little bit about the big Nintendo Switch reveal Nintendo just had. Maybe a little something Brett might mention with some anime. We'll find out. But before that goes on, we have our disclaimer to make everyone safe like the beautiful, unique snowflakes they are. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization, but it should be. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the cases of foul or offensive language, concepts, ideas, words that you don't understand and are offended that we would dare use big words, because that's not right. People shouldn't make other people feel bad with their superior vocabularies. But it's going to happen. And thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. I apologize uh, as representative of Legion of Myth for the uh, offensive uh, language you were just uh, 
uh, forced to hear. The offensive nature of the disclaimer. Yes. As always, you can check out our website, legion.tv or .com. Check us out on youtube.com slash c slash legion myth page and on Twitch TV slash legion myth. Follow us, love us, we love you. If you had a Facebook page, we might follow you. You never know. That's how things go. All you gotta do is drop us a line. That's it. And not be a jerk or have traits that mean you live under a, live under a bridge and we're good. That's true. Hey, Heathen Dog, you ever hear about Hamilton? Oh, hear about it? That's all my wife talks about. I, I, I cannot go to New York in the foreseeable future because I'll be dragged to that thing kicking and screaming. So you've actually listened to the soundtrack? I have been, I've been forced to listen to many parts of it while my wife uh, filled her ears with it. I'm not a big musical guy. I'm just not. I, oh, I like it, musicals, and, and the, I like music. music That's why is I don't, good. No, it's not. No, 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 no. The, 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 way, the way I mean good is I mean it's structured well. It has a good tempo. I, I, I like the way some, some songs, you know, get faster, get slower, depending on the message it's trying to, it's trying to uh, convey, uh, give you. Yeah, convey. Thank you very much. But uh, the overall, uh, you know, trying to make me feel bad for this stuff is kind of, I, I, I don't like it. Because mainly I don't like people trying to make me feel bad, especially people I don't know or, or something that I don't feel I had a whole lot to do with. So overall, I don't like it, but I, I can appreciate it as an art. Lower your head to me then. Because I just look at it and I say, wow, none of this is historically accurate. You might as well call this play Lincoln and had the exact same songs and stories because it's really that far off. Zombie Hunting Lincoln. That was a good movie. Yeah, it's more accurate than Hamilton. All right, so now that we've offended a bunch of people, let's keep going. And let's talk about Heathen Dog Shudder Extravaganza Excitement based on first and second edition rules. Yes, disclaimer is very important because uh, archetypes, especially what I'm going to talk to you today, archetypes have changed quite a bit. And uh, they have very little... Uh, they, they have the same feel, but, but very little... Uh, um, construction-wise, uh, to do with first and second edition. Yes. Now, as you can see on my on my slide, it says archetypes, parenthetical, aka classes, unparenthetical. Now, anyone who knows Shadowrun is now severely upset with me, because arch because because uh, Shadowrun does not have anything remotely like classes. And you're right. For the people who are not in, involved in Shadowrun, I want them to have an idea of what I'm talking about. And at the end, I will share that idea and then they will have enough information to rebuild into the right, into the right framework. So please keep your hate down. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're going to get into the light. I swear to you. I don't believe you, but I'll go along for the ride. Okay. Well, I, de I decided to take this in alphabetical order because, you know, I'm just fastidious that way. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going we're to talk about the, the different basic archetypes of the game. All right, now, Decker is, uh, is a pretty important one, but no one likes to play it. The well, reason being, well, the reason it's being, a neat idea, but also game masters don't like running it. Of course. But, you know, if people don't like play it, game masters like to run it because uh, the, the Matrix is literally so advanced. It's like a second reality. So if there's any, any decking to be done... The, the Game Master has spent twice as long creating the content because he has to create a whole new world 
and all new adversaries in it, twists and turns, stuff like that. But the the game thematically, it's it's one of the top three archetypes in the game. Right. I because, mean, yeah. thematically, you're dealing with a cyberpunk type world, so you need to have uh, the Matrix in there. You need to be able to have that. But like you're saying, mechanically or real world, what happens is it's like the Decker sits there being useless during most of the game. Then when it's time for the Decker stuff to happen, like, okay, we need to crack the evil corporation's database. Go, Decker, go. All right, everyone else, go get a pizza. And the next three hours, this one guy has this adventure. Exactly. Yeah, he, he's on his own in his whole new adventure. He was bored the whole time. Now everyone else is bored this whole time. True, that that happens quite a bit. Now, uh, game masters have uh, have uh, uh, talked to Decker, people who want to be Decker. Says, "Listen, I want to I want to tone down the Matrix just to just to make it quicker, to make you know, to make it to make it run faster, and to not you know alienate everybody else who's not a Decker." And usually, the Decker will say, "Fine, okay, let's let, let's let's deal." You know? Well, uh, I know a lot of other solution people do is they'll have like everyone dive in, but like in that world, the Decker could also work the other guys to kind of his schmucks, but at least then everyone's together. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they do have actual uh, SimSense uh, piggybacking, where you you can put on a headset and piggyback with the Decker in the Matrix, so you can see you can't affect the world, but you you can see and hear everything the Decker's doing and saying and everything that's being said and done to him, stuff like that. You know, and and the the game game master could write that in. But the importance of a Decker in game is tantamount. I mean, it is it is just, it's just it's just uh, every piece of information in this world is stored. In the matrix it's behind several layers of encryption but that's what deckers are for to break through several layers of encryption many if not most written adventures for shadowrun cannot be properly completed without a decker if you don't have a decker in your party you better have one that that you character creation you you paid for as a as a subordinate or follower or friend or whatever because you're going to need them almost daily i don't know i mean I agree that I means for running like a, a well-rounded adventure, but to me, honestly, sadly, to get kind of around this, because I mean it's so integral to the theme, is either you have a party where everyone's a Decker and that's the game, or you have a Decker underling with you, you know? He's right. not a character, you're just like, you know, hey, Sapindra, go deck that, you know? Exactly. And and that that is what uh, my old group when when I, when I played it and and when I and when I ran it, I did the same thing. I said, okay, no one can be a decker, but ev- everyone has everyone has the ability to get a decker follower for for sixty six percent off in in character creation because it, it it costs money to get followers and friends yeah, and yeah. contacts stuff like that. So ev- everyone everyone can get a decker follower for sixty six percent off if you want it. You know, one or two people are gonna jump at that, and that's all I really need. Now all the decking can get done. Now, yes. Mo- moving on. Moving on. Detective. Now this is a this this is an archetype where if if you wanted to play instead of the the bad guys, the the shadowrunners, they're technically bad guys because they break the law. Uh, you you wanna you wanna play a hardened, uh, uh battle weary, beat down cop. And have everyone be be a cop. I've 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 I played in those games and they're super fun. Now uh, think of uh, Murtaugh only in like uh, uh, Detroit. Just beat down. Yeah, to to actually get any kind of win, you have to give up. You have to give up a little bit of loss here and there. And over the years, it just want breaks down, breaks down, and uh, you're just trying to make it. But 
man, everyone out there, every bad guy out there seems to have magic or everyone out there has got, you know, able to lift a truck with their freaking arm. And the obviously the precinct doesn't have the budget to give you any of that stuff, but you wouldn't take it anyway because you're a man and you solve problems the old fashioned way. I always thought it was kind of fun. Um, usually I died a whole lot as a detective, but it was super fun role playing it. Yeah, and also an advantage of having an all detective team is that it's really easy to send them out on missions. Oh yeah, the captain the captain gave you an assignment, or the yeah. or the sergeant gave me an assignment, or whatever. Yeah, there you go. And even and... then, that sounds like that's pretty boring. But you, that actually has a lot of jumping off points. On like on a typical assignment, you find something else, and maybe so you don't want your captain to know. So you guys actually end up investigating like something on the side while you're still doing regular missions, and it could all tie together. Right. There you go. Excellent. That's a good adventure. I'd want to play that. Okay, and then then we go to gang member. Gang member, it's exactly what you think. Uh, they're they're uh, Crips, Bloods, whatever. Um, they they deal in money, drugs, women, and mostly illegal simsense. Uh, illegal simsense are uh, uh, simsense chips with the limiters removed. So not only do you feel 100% of what the person who recorded it felt, saw, and and did, uh, they can actually jack it up to two times, three times, four times. It's very addictive. It fries your brain, but just like heroin, once you get it, you got to have it again. Real life doesn't work. First time's always free. There you go. And it, it works every time. Well, it's a growth industry, you know. Oh, yeah. And honestly, yeah. gang members are really just parts of market forces. They're just fulfilling a niche that other people aren't really to meet. Exactly, exactly. Now, I've never played a gang member, and I've never... I've never had anyone in my group play a gang member because they're the least powerful, least least influential, and in, in uh, outside of their very small domain. But uh, um, everyone has commonly used gangs to you know pay them off on the side to watch their place. Right, but also the problem right. with playing a yeah, gang member is a character like that. is that unless everyone else is in the gang, it's kind of hard to get them in a party with you know a cop and a few other people. Yeah, yeah, you, it's it, it, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like a playing a, uh, a a detective game. You're either all detective, or one of you's a snitch, or you know, something that that has to revolve around policing. Whereas your gang member has to revolve around gangs. You're either a gang member, you're a prostitute, you're a drug you're a drug dealer trying to hone in on the territory, whatever. It has to has to revolve around the the, the gangs. In that right. Area. I mean, even if you're working with a detective for a specific purpose. After that purpose is over, there's really hard to say, well, we're buds, so I'll keep, keep keep hanging out with you. It's like, all right, dude, I'm out. I got business to attend to. Exactly, yeah. So it, it, it limits the storytelling of an overall arc of a game, but uh, since, it, since it does limit the overall arc, you can really focus on the, on the nuance and, uh, and the role play experience. So, so detective and, and, and gang member have, the, have the, um, the, the smallest field of view as far as arc can go, but they have the most fine-tuned uh, detail that you can have. Yes. And we'll move on to Mercenary. Uh, Mercenary is a former government or corporate soldier. Uh, he has the experience of fighting either wars or uh, corporate uh, 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 corporate land grabs in other countries, stuff like that. He is He's a killer. That's what he does, but he's, he was tired of getting paid, you know, 10 bucks an hour to do it. Now he's on his own. He sets his own wage, and he's looking to make bank. And if he has to kill some folk to do it, that's fine. I'm already going to hell. I've killed so many people, I've, I've lost count. There you go. 
And I think by now you can see the overall theme of Shadowrun. It's a dystopian cyberpunk future. Nobody's really happy. Even the so, people who have all the money and stuff, they're not happy either. No, they're paranoid SOBs because oh, someone's always wanting their money. Or they're living in some weird uh, separate society where the rules are totally different than normal reality and everyone's miserable. Uh, they're living in a cyber Victorian England while you're, everyone else is out there on the streets. Uh, sure, yeah, they have money and good. wealth and a million servants, but the lack of actual real personal communications or anything just drives them nuts. Yeah, that, that could be an excellent, excellent game as well. Wow, that's great. And then we move to Rigor. Th this is the second least popular archetype because uh, outside of your vehicle, you're, you're useless. Only average. Well, not useless, but no, average. not useless. Average, average, average is fine. But uh, you know, a, a rigger is someone who has who has a, a hardware in their head that they can plug into a vehicle and control it like that. As as long as the as as long as the vehicle is rigged for for a, um, a hypersense control, and you can do some amazing feats of just almost wizardry with this vehicle because it's now it's now actually your body so a, a rigger in his vehicle is one tough sob right the problem of course becomes well you can't stay in the car the whole time and also right. usually as a rigger if i recall correctly you know spending most of your resources tricking out your car or boat or whatever it is and so it's like all right guys well i i drove you here um i'll wait in the car or... No, no. What what I always make a, a, a rigger get in my games is okay. You can check out your car all you want, but these these are the three things you're buying first. You're buying a gun. You're buying armor, and you're buying a uh, what do you call it? Uh, sm a smart gun link for your hand for your gun. Oh, yeah. So so you're not shooting wild all the time. Those are the three things you have to buy to be useful in a fight. I'm not great, but useful in a fight. And then you can spend the rest on your 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 beautiful Batman-esque, you know, uh, land killer vehicle. That's fine, whatever. Which, as a game master, you have to be very careful to make sure at least every other session or so have a chase scene or some reason that his car is awesome and is useful. Otherwise, the rigger just gets really bored after three or four games. True, true. But with with the with the three rules I gave in the beginning, there there's less there's less time for him getting bored because he's now getting shot at too. Mostly from behind cover, mind you, but still. Yeah, but it's still one of those things is like, everyone, you, it's, know, you, it's you watch everyone, wants everyone to else shine, be useful, you know? and you're like... Yeah, everyone wants to shine, so every once in a while he's got to shine. Right, but, I mean, you're sitting in the back you know, with the decker going, hey, so is it your turn to have an adventure yet? Yeah, I, I can feel that. I, I, I try to make sure that doesn't happen, because I get him in the game more often. It's easier with a rigger than a decker. I tell him to hire a rigger and don't play one. That's that's what happens in, in my games too. They, no one wants to be the rigger or the decker, so they just hire them off. Anyway, uh, we move on to one of the two uh, uh, magic-using classes. This one's a shaman. And again, it's just what you likely picture because uh, this was made in 1988-89, and uh, they look like stereotypical dancing around a fire shamans, Native American shamans. That's what they look like. That's how they dress. Uh, in, 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 in later editions, they, they get a little more modern, you know, they wear trench coats and stuff like that. But the, but the, the picture in this first edition book is, uh, now it would be considered wildly inappropriate, but, uh, 
their, their, their mentality on this, they, their, their magic comes from... I don't think it would be wildly inappropriate. Basically, it looks like a, a Native American from the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, in the future. Right. Well, you got to see it, but in the future, they've actually gone back to their past to take advantage of the magic. Right. So it makes and... sense in context. Yeah, I, I suppose yes. If you have to have the if you have to have the context, if you just just see the picture, you're like, oh, dude, come on. Well, not all but, Indians yeah, do that. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. The they they get their magic from their animal totem, their other, or their animal guide. All right. Uh, all of their all their magic, their 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 point of view about magic is shaped by their animal guide's point of view about magic. And not and Harry if, Potter. If they stray, not Harry Potter. If 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 they stray away from the from their from their totems view on magic they start losing their magic so which makes sense they, they have yeah when, when when i get when i get into the into the magic portion of this perhaps in the uh, week after this or maybe even a month after this i don't know but uh, when, when i get in the magic portion i'm going to i'm going to explain this in much more detail but uh, a, a shaman is exactly what you think a shaman would be i mean he's not he's not going to eschew uh, all technology. I mean, he probably will have a gun, but he likes knives better. You know, it, he he gravitates more toward nature and natural things. But he, un, unlike a say, a, uh, what do you call it? Um, the, those guys in horse and buggy. What are they called? Coachmen? No. They they live without technology at all. The Amish. Amish. Yes. Thank you. Uh, un, unlike unlike the Amish, they will operate technology. They they're not. They're not afraid of it or hate it or ban it or anything. They just prefer other ways. That's all. The Amish are allowed to use technology. They're, they're allowed. To, some of them are allowed to ride in a car. No, some of them have cell phones. Some of the, well, that not not the ones around here. No, it it all it all depends. There's like rules. Yeah. How about Luddites? We can say Luddites. Luddites hate technology. And now we're gonna go to the other side of the magical coin. The mage, also called a, also called a hermetic mage. Really? Uh, his his like magic he sealed? flows. Hermetically sealed? No, that's just that's cute. No, his uh, his magic flows from years of careful research and study. He doesn't need any invisible bears or lions or tigers or oh my to to have him power his magic. He that's for is kids. the power of his magic. He spent years honing his craft. Now again, there are there are there are bonuses and and drawbacks to each idea of magic. All, it all ends up doing the same thing. I mean, if a if a mage casts a fireball, it's the same as a as a shaman casting a fireball of the same strength. They just came about it in different ways, which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, they they both work, so pff, whatever. And then we come to people's favorite archetype, the street samurai. These guys have loaded their bodies with chrome, gears, nanofibers. They've replaced their eyes, their ears. They've, they, have, uh, they have claws like Wolverine that come out of their arms. They have, they have artificial legs that allow them to jump you know, small buildings in a single bound. Some of them actually go nutty and think they're Superman. It's crazy. People love this. It costs a lot of money up front. In character creation, to load yourself up with all this tech, but man, after you're done, you are a walking, talking juggernaut. It's great. Yeah. So much fun to play. And from what I've noticed, also usually the most popular class. Yes. Yeah. Like, like I said, archetype. everyone loves to play this. Yeah. Well, it's fun. It's easy to play. Yeah. You, you don't. There's no nuance to it. I mean, all the other ones have a nuance. So, uh, the, not just fighting, 
but magic. Not just fighting, but decking. Not just fighting, but rigging. This one's just plain old fighting. Get the best gear you can, shove it in your body, you don't care. Yeah. It's great. It's it's literally point and shoot. Yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, we'll move on to... Uh, but uh, there are some people out there, but I want to be a spell-slinging punch hacker guy. You can, sure. You just won't be good at any of those things. Because the well, more then, metal then, you put in your body... you won't be the... a god. Well... If you play for a couple of years real time and put all your energy into this guy, you could probably, you could probably, you know, yeah, get, get you can pull it off eventually. Yeah, yeah, you could probably pull it off. But eh. uh, the the more the more artificial things you put in your body, the the harder it is to push magic through it. Because you're no longer a natural conduit for the energy. Exactly, you're 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 putting you're putting obstructions in your body that magic has trouble getting through. So the more you do that, the less magic, the less effective your magic is. And you can only put so much metal in your body before it just gives up. Uh, th there's something called an essence rating and all living beings have an, well, all living player characters have an essence rating of six and each piece of metal that you put in your body has an, has an essence loss rating in it. And you can go down to just above zero and be okay. You, you hit zero, you're in trouble. You have a chance to just fall dead one day. If you go below zero, you don't wake up from the table. You, you, you got the metal pulled put in you. They sewed you up. They took you off the, the drip, and then you died. Your body just gives up. There's so too much that. unnatural crap. Don't do that. Yeah, too much unnatural crap. Do the math before you go under the knife. <laughs> Make sure you have, enough, you have enough spare essence left. And you only start off with so much money. There, uh, I'm, in, in character creation, I'm going to I'm going to go over the uh, the priority system. There's a priority system from zero to four, four being the highest and zero being the least. You have to pick a priority for five different five different aspects of your character. Do you have magic? If you have magic, that takes your highest priority. Well, the highest priority in money is one million dollars. The the next highest is four hundred thousand. You just lost six hundred grand. Just just being a magician. Damn. Yeah. And then you have to pick your race. If you want your race, well, now your race has to be highest priority. But you, you can take magic as a second highest priority only if you're, on, if you're not human. But then your, your, your next, your next high, after 400 grand, that's 50 grand. So now you're stuck with the highest amount of money you could possibly have is 50 grand. Just, just because you want to be an elf and a, and a wizard, dude, you, you are just broke. Lost, you just lost 350 grand just for that. You know, so so you have to you have to really uh, have an idea of what your character is going to be, and it's not going to be several things at once because in the beginning of the game you just can't pull that off, and they did that purposefully. Now, this whole idea of archetypes being classes is smashed because nobody has an experience point table. There is no Decker experience points. There is no Mage experience points. There's no Street Samurai experience points. Everyone gets the same amount. And everyone takes the same amount to advance in their in their chosen fields. But you get to choose where you put your experience points. I want to put my experience points into ranged weapons. I want to put my experience points into sorcery. I want to put my experience points into decking. Now, if you start off, say, as a, a mage, say a shaman. No, no, I'm sorry. Say a, a hermetic mage. And uh, later on, throughout the months of, 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 uh, of gameplay, you keep putting... Uh, points into range combat tactics 
your your strength attribute, your dex attribute, your endurance attribute, whatever. And now months later, you decide to get a, a smart gun link in your hand. A, a smart gun link is uh, when, when, you, when you grab a gun that is smart gun ready uh, in your eye, a, a targeting reticule where where the barrel is pointing will appear. So it so it makes hitting a target much, much easier. And you you take a you take a little bit of hit on a magic for that, but you are now you're now combat ready. You know, you, you can actually go into a gunfight now and ha- have your magic to keep you alive while you're shooting people in the in the head. If you want to do that, that's great. You can't do that in the beginning of the game, but as you progress, you, you can change your character however you like. Those are long term goals though. Yes, yeah. If you want long-term goals, want to be a spell-slinging punch hacker god, that's doable. That's a very long-term goal. But the quote-unquote idea of dual classing is doable in the in the midterm. That's interesting. So, you're, yeah, your character can grow however it wants. So classes don't really exist. That's why they call them archetypes, because you start off as an archetype, because you know being a little bit good at everything just means you're not very good at anything. That's so true. be good at something to be, yeah be good at something in the beginning use that as a as a uh, launch pad to what your what your ideal of your character is in the future or have a and very understanding party doesn't mind carrying your useless butt for a while yeah no one's that understanding <laughs> oh that is true and that that's it for uh that's it for that that's it. That's it for the idea of archetypes. I wanted more sorry, about I, archetypes. I, I, I'm sorry. I thought I thought Rick was going to be here, so I didn't. I didn't get more. <laughs> but uh, um, no. If you have any questions, go ahead. Go ahead and ask. I already did. That's what I do. I interject my okay. questions. You have any more questions? Oh, okay. You have any for the end? Any for any questions for the end or anything? Well, let me see here. Uh, I had something earlier. I was trying to. What you're gonna say? I don't remember what it was now anymore. Hmm. Oh, I was actually in a party once, where we were actually a, a quasi-military team who was sent out by a corporate, like a by a shell corporate entity, to a go do trouble, troubleshooting missions. And sure. one of the members of the group was actually a rigger. Basically, like, one person had to be the decker, one person had to be the rigger. Uh, the others were either classified as mercenary street samurai. I think we had a, I think we had a detective. But that worked out having the rigger just because the rigger usually had to drop us into the zone. So usually there was something with that. And then, um, usually at some point throughout the mission, we'd have to commandeer some sort of vehicle. Or we'd be able to... There was one mission I remember. It was really nice where the Decker actually went unlocked, like some secret now bunker. Uh, so basically, a lot of what we would do is like, okay, we're gonna go ahead. You Rigger, here's the here's your gun. You guard the Decker while he does this. We're gonna go over here, and they worked together. The Decker actually unlocked some secret bunkers we didn't know about, and there was tanks in them. And he actually used the tank and started rolling around and blowing crap up. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it does sound kind of fun. But that was also the game master purposely say, okay, you're all forced to work together. Here are the roles people must take. It was basically a very set out. In a way, it was a free form, like, okay, we're such a motley crew. That guy's a street samurai. That guy's a drug dealer. Like, you know, it was a very structured party setup, but because of that, he was able to make everyone feel important. So, right. right. 
you know what that that, that reminds me of a of a of a friend of mine, Paul. This was back in in uh, high school. Um, he said, "I I can be a mage. I can use only three spells, and I can do any any uh, uh, my my quote unquote level appropriate written adventure for Shadowrun by myself." And we said bullshit. And then we gave him an adventure, and he did it using these three spells all by himself. I'm not, I'm not going to say which three spells they were. Oh, that's no fun. No, I'm not going to do that because he, he basically used a cheat, a cheat mode, basically. And uh, he'd been thinking about that for months, and he, he got it. <laughs> and we had to give it to him, like, okay, your, your character can do any. And he wasn't, he wasn't like, a, I've been playing this character for years type guy. No, he rolled up a new character, gave, gave him the, these three spells, and he went and did the, the level-appropriate adventure. All by himself. Very nice. I was shocked, but you know, he, but he also had uh, he also had another character called Whisper, and whenever we talked to him, we always whispered to him. He got so pissed off. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, actually, I've been uh, playing in a D and D game online with some of my old friends, and I've, I've been playing a wizard, and that's usually a bad idea to let me play a wizard because I'm going to start trying to find other uses for spells. And uh, I was very proud of myself that uh, we had to fight a red dragon, and I cast Grease on it and made it fall down, and we beat the snot out of it. I was pretty proud of that. I, I, once, uh, I once won against an archer by using a cantrip to, uh, to uh, un, undo his clasp for his, uh, for his boa, his, uh, what do you call it, his quiver? Yep, that'll do it. Yeah, I, I undid his quiver with this stupid cantrip spell, and then the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the warrior closed range on him and cut his head off. It's like, oh, you got one arrow. <laughs> Go pick the other ones up. Yep. Yep. Well, if, have, you, have you played 5th edition D&D? I have not. They've I... really changed the magic system. Not really, but they've changed the magic system a bit in that... It's not memorized spells anymore. It's no, like... well, if you're a wizard, you still got to... Well, actually, you don't even have to memorize your spells anymore. You just have to have them in your spell book, and then you can, like, use them. Right. But cantrips used to be like, I have a cantrip spell. Now there's a whole bunch of different cantrips... And they don't take spell slots. You can use them all you want. All day long. Throw firebolts all day long. Which in a way is nice because it stops the old problem with, okay, I've used all my first level spells. I'm out, guys. I'll just run behind you with my knife. You know, it stops that problem. And it, But it actually works out pretty well in that a warrior's damage will keep ramping up until, of course, they hit like kind of a plateau. But in general, their damage keeps ramping up pretty dang nicely. Um, but your your cantrips actually start doing more damage too as they go up. So you could always do something, even after you blow out your big spells. You could always still do something magical, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. Anyway, that's a little off the subject, but uh, oh, also another thing I did was I thought you'd appreciate this one. We were fighting this de uh not really a demon, but something like that, like a half demon, we'll say, and he like. He, like, opened this portal into our world and came and said, Oh, and I will crush you all. I will take you into my dark realm. And I used silent illusion of a wall behind him. Like, ha, huh, I've closed your portal. He went, what? My portal? It's like, ah. Nice. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just a, it was like, a, it's a first level spell. Like, ha, huh, yep. I've closed your portal. It's like, he can't see it there. I'm like, huh. And he yep. didn't believe I'd throw an illusion because that's just dumb. 
and he failed to save, so it was awesome. There it is. Yeah. Okay, so uh, if anyone, anyone at uh, who's watching right now, or anyone on YouTube who's listening to this, if you have any questions or comments or or gripes or or awesomeness to throw my way, put them in the comments, and then like it and subscribe because you took the time to put something in comments, which means you want to have a discussion with us, and we'd love to have a discussion with you about several topics. Do it. Oh yes. Listen to the heathen talk, my friends. Speaking, hey, did you know that the guy who did the uh, the character of the world's most interesting man was actually a bit character on Star Trek, the original series? Did not know that. Yeah, he played a red shirt in one episode, and he lived. Wow, did his did his partner die? Yo, know, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, he was actually yeah. just like like in a hallway scene, essentially. But just so you know, the the world's most interesting man, even when he's a red shirt, still survives. That's impressive. That is impressive. That's another kudo. They should have put that in the commercial. Because I would have been more impressed by that than him rescuing a bunny or something. Wrestling a bear or something. I survived as a red shirt. That's right. <gasps> what? It's like, I wrestled a bear. So what? I survived as a red shirt. Oh my god! I bow to you, oh lord. Ah, <laughs> uh, alright. Thank you very much for that, Brett. Heathen dog. I pre- that was good. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, let's go on to everyone's other favorite segment. Yes, Garthon's comic poll. Garthon goes over three big books that came out this week. So, um, like I said earlier, theme of this week is going to be the good, the bad, and the ugly. So the first book we're going to go over this week is a good book. That is... Yeah, you probably saw it coming. Power Man and Iron Fist number 12. There are actually a number of books I could have chosen for good. Um, I really liked Uncanny Avengers. This week was pretty good. Um, but Power Man and Iron Fist, to me, edged it out. How'd they do that? Well, uh, it was written by David F. Walker. Uh, pencils and cover art by Sanford Green. The reason, to me, this one edged that out was because... They're going into a gang war in Harlem. That's kind of in the upcoming theme happening. Uh, Tombstone has pretty much lost control of Harlem. He's been severely weakened by the stuff that's been going on. Members of what would have been his old buddies that they were going to form a gang with back in their OG days, as you could tell by the image on the screen, where they're all like the big gold chains and the 1980s hip-hop gear. That looks kind of like early 90s almost. Anyway. Um, they're all kind of worn with each other over control of the streets right now because Tombstone is weak. Also, on top of that, you have Black Cat making a move into Harlem trying to control it, and, uh, not Alex Ross, uh, Alex, former member of the Runaways, is using magic, uniting old, uh, retired villains and trying to bring them together to take over, and... Oh, yeah, you spoke about that a couple of compos ago. Yes, and so this is kind of the culmination of a lot of that going on, where a bunch of these different groups together have decided to take out Tombstone's operation once and for all by going to uh, his headquarters building, essentially. This old skyscraper, old, like, six-story walk-up he controls, where he ran his entire business out of. The Meanwhile, Tombstone has actually gone to Power Man and Iron Fist saying, look, there's a major gang war coming. You've only felt the tip of it right now. I'll let you guys know because this is going to be bad for all of Harlem. I mean, I was a criminal. I am a criminal. 
but at least I keep things steady. This is chaos. This is not going to help anyone. I'm only telling you this. I know everyone's going to attack my headquarters, this place, at this day. He's pretty well informed. Uh, if he's that well informed, I wouldn't be there on that day. Well, apparently Iron Fist are you know, super tough. They can handle it. So. No, no, no. no. I'm not going to if I'm Tombstone. I would like, oh, they're going to attack that place. I'm going to Bermuda. Exactly. So basically, the uh, the other groups don't know that each other's going to be there, essentially. And they start working together, just taking out Tombstone's guys, start uh, fighting a little bit with each other. Then they encounter Pound Iron Fist and are trying to fight them. And then a couple of the guys um, from Alex's gang kind of realize there's not a lot of Tombstone's guys here. It looks like anything important's kind of been moved out. This is really weird. Then, like, Paramount go, oh, crap. It's a... And then they, like, knock someone through a wall and see that it's actually just loaded with dynamite and TNT. Like, oh, crap. And then you see Tombstone saying, you know, basically given the... His, I don't remember the exact words, but something along the lines of, you don't screw with me. I get all your numbers. I'm willing to go all the way. And he blows up his own buildings to try and kill everyone who's going after him. Okay, that's another solution. That That's a bad guy solution. I see it now. Okay. Yeah, it's a bad guy solution. And Check. he was also hoping to kill Powerman and Iron Fist. That's why he told him it was there, too. Well, you can't kill Iron Fist with... I mean, well, you can't kill Power you, Man with an explosion. You're probably man. not going to kill Power Man that way. You might, but probably not. And you could kill Iron Fist that way, in theory. But if you drop a whole building on him, yeah, and he's sure. not... If they didn't see it coming. Yeah, yeah. If sure, they didn't see it. Sure. But... Yeah, killing Power Man that was probably not going to work. Probably not one of your smarter ideas. It's just going to really piss him off because his friend died and you killed him. And yeah. now you're done. Yeah. You, you can try to go to Bermuda. It's not going to work for you. The only time I've seen in the comics where that Power Man's actually been put in the hospital for any extended amount of time was from the Secret War series back in around 2000. And that was basically after messing with, I don't know, a couple hundred Doombots. You know, it... it wait, no, not Doombots. It took, like a coalition of like almost every power armored villain at him alone. And they were able to yeah, put him in the hospital. The, well, yeah, pr probably because his organs were bounced around a whole lot. They didn't pierce his skin. Most likely. No, they actually never pierced his skin, yeah. but yeah, they uh, actually managed to mess up his internal organs so bad that he, they put him in the hospital for a couple months. Okay. But they took a so pretty, one, one building ain't going to do nothing. Ain't going to do It's pretty much going to make him really mad. Yeah, really pissed off. But really, really mad. this was a good book because stylistically, art-wise, it matches the tone, that hip-hop tone they're trying to reach in the book. Um, it has a very street art vibe to it, but it all works so well. The characters aren't cutouts. Um, they all have real motivations for what they're trying to do. Maybe uh, Alex, not so much, um, for the Runaways. He's, But then again, he's literally been to hell and back. His mind isn't all there and you get that impression whereas he's trying to get this but he's not really all there he really doesn't give a crap about people he just wants to like become the Lord of Harlem because it's you know something to do they had never given this full motivation maybe he has some mystical motivation behind it maybe he just wants to run, run Harlem because he can but the other guys all have very real motivations um, even the guys, the, some of the former villains who are actually teaming up with Paramount Iron Fist now after this. Because after this incident, you know, they live because they realize it's going on. Most of the guys make it out. And Paramount Iron Fist is kind of actually kind of broken up about the gang members and stuff who died. Cthulhu Law, yeah, it's on. How you doing? Uh, they're pretty broken up about everything about that. And they're pretty pissed at Tombstone for setting everyone up. 
And so a lot of like former villains who've actually gone good are teaming up with them, like Disco Devil and stuff. And it's a really nice setup, and I just really appreciate how they're pulling in all these elements together. And it's almost like a comic book hip-hop fairy tale, one could say, and I really, really dig it. They've done a great job with this. Hats off. Um, love this issue. Give it four to five stars. Paramount Iron Fist number 12. Great. Now we, now we get the downer. Yes, the downer is coming. The downer book is... Kuthlaw uh, says, Is the guy talking about from Runaways, the super smart kid who also went evil and died? Yes, that is exactly who I am talking about. That's why he went to hell and came back, and now he's all, he's, his Cracker Jack box doesn't have a prize in it? Yeah, his, uh, he was actually a mole for the Runaways evil parents. I can't remember the kid's last name right now, though. But uh, that is who we are talking about. Remember, his first name was Alex, because you know, I don't have the same name. And I'm only, and I'm, you know, less evil. I'm certainly less magical. All right, uh, now for our, that was a good book, now onto the bad. Silk number 16. I'm going to oh, stop man. buying this book. Come on, you better. I mean, you, you said you might stop buying, you might stop buying it last time. Yeah, yeah, last time, I think it was issue 14 or so, I said I might stop buying it. Issue 16, yeah, I'm going to stop buying this book. Um... I don't even... There they, there they go again. I'm looking at the cover. They're doing it again. Several different styles of drawing in the same frame. What is that about? Uh, ask Helen Chen about it. As sad as Helen Chen, I usually like her cover art. But uh, not too cool on this one. Uh, the interior art, the pencil was done by Irene Strakowski, but honestly, it could have said Miss Watson's fourth grade art class, and I would have believed it. Um, written by Robbie Thompson, who can do better. You guys should be ashamed. No, nah, it's kind of harsh. It's a clone conspiracy tie-in, so I like the clone conspiracy. That's been going okay. Uh, no, it was good the first time. For half, oh, for for half, for like a quarter of the first time, it was good. It was good, yeah. And then they, they they let it stay too long. Now bringing it back just brings back bad memories and a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, it's a big risk take bringing this back. But the uh, all right. So. All right, so Cindy Moon Silk went to San Francisco to try and check in on New You to see what the hell was going on there because she knows something's fishy's going on. But to protect her secret secret identity, because let's didn't the clone conspiracy end the last millennia. Yes, it did. This is a new clone conspiracy because why have one when you could have two? And actually, the mainline books of clone conspiracy have, in my opinion, been pretty entertaining. Um, had a nice plot twist recently. Uh, but anyway... The the problem with this book is, all right, so she didn't want people to know that Silk was checking these people out. So with her ghost dead boyfriend, she made up a new costume on the spot, and her ghost boyfriend started calling her Silkworm, and she's like, that's a dumb name, I hate it. But that's what the villains heard, so they so now she's Silk and Silkworm apparently. So wait, 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 how they how they hear her her dead boyfriend? Oh, could, he could just because he's a ghost, he can't talk and not be. Oh, audible. okay. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. That sounds legit. Carry on. All right, for for dead ghost boyfriend, we're running under Casper rules. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Invisible yep. when he wants to be, solid when he wants to be, but not all the time. And when people talk and hear him, and he's the friendliest ghost you ever knew. Awesome. That that sounds great. I wish I could remember I, that theme song. Was I, it Casper? I, I can see why you the love friendly this book. Ghost. Friendliest, friendliest ghost. ghost you know. Yeah. Yep. Something like that. <laughs> I hope that's not copyright. 
Uh, well, if we're, if we're seeing that little bit, I'm sure we're safe under YouTube and Twitch license laws. Great. All right, so how else does this turn sideways? Well, um, J. Joe Jameson is all tied up in this, in that a bunch, like, like his dead wife and dead kid have been brought back or something, and he's super happy. So he's, like, totally down with these new you people, and they're, they're, they, they're obviously evil. And it's just... <laughs> no one's friendly the uh it's friendlier than the ghost of visitor ray and ghostbusters you know if casper's friendlier than that there's some weird stuff going on in harvey comics that's like well you got hot stuff you got a lot, a lot of weird stuff going on in harvey comics just gotta say anyway off that strange tangent the art in this book is bad the storyline has been bad in the last issue like ghost boyfriend was captured by dr octopus in a special ghost cage apparently no, the Astral Werewolf son is alive. I think this was like a daughter or something. Maybe it was a cousin or something. Uh, Jameson's... Uh, I don't think he's a werewolf anymore either. But he, he's still around. He's alive. He almost married She-Hulk, but that didn't happen. That was years ago. Aw, fur-flying, green-skinned action. That sounds awesome. Well, he's not the man-wolf anymore. He like lost the man-wolf crystal Aww, from the moon. that's unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a little moon rock thing, yeah. Yeah, but the... Anyway, all right. So, Dr. Octopus ends up putting dead ghost boyfriend inside of a new clone body. Because he wants to experiment, apparently. Okay, that's just bad story writing. It's like, why? Why would Dr. Octopus even sense this contingency and say, Oh, I've, I've wanted to work on the... I've been trying to perfect my clones. I'm going to see if I can do this. What? Everyone... Everyone's on board this clone bandwagon. I guess so. I mean, well, Dr. Octopus is currently a clone himself, but yeah, yeah, still, yeah. it's... Oh, my gosh. And the plotting is weird. The storyline is directionless. This issue, I just felt like nothing worth reading happened, and anything that did happen, I had to roll my eyes at and groan. Um, they're trying to do a subplot where Cindy's father, who is trying, still trying to find a cure... Yeah, Dr. Octopus is... He was Spider-Man during a... A clue lot. Dr. Octopus was Spider-Man during the Superior Spider-Man run, which was brilliant. Uh, but he hasn't been for a couple years now. But I loved the Superior Spider-Man run. That was a good run. It ended right when it needed to. I enjoyed it immensely. So, but anyway, this book is listless. It kind of roll, rumbles around. It doesn't really make any real points... And the sad thing is, you know, it can't really do anything because it's going to be resolved in Spider-Man. And Spider-Man is mentioning nothing of Silk being in there right now. And though in the main book, Spider-Man is running all over New You. Yeah, I mean, why why would you put Silk in a good book? She's like she's like radioactive. She poisonous to a comic. Well, no, Silk was at. 12 issues ago, Silk was yeah, a great yeah. book. Yeah, the, 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 first two ep, the first two issues were, were I'd say awesome. the first yeah, six issues were good. After okay. that, I started going. Okay, the, okay. After that, like, the artists kept changing. Um, Who else had, had more spiders since then? Well, uh, New You. Who uh, else asked what New You is? New You is an organization that has shown up with uh, new medical miracle technology which should replace uh, destroyed organs and save lives and cure cancer. Um, but they're doing it all through cloning technology based off, is it Warren Ellis? I think it's Warren Ellis. Uh, the Jackals 
uh, old cloning technology. It looks like the Jackal has come back, and of course Spider freaks out. And then in the last issue of Amazing Spider-Man, the Jackal, who's running New You, was actually revealed to be Ben Riley, the original clone from the clone cons- original clone conspiracy. And they give his no, motivations no. for doing that, make, which actually make makes him, sense. Uh, make him go go to YouTube and and, uh, and check check this out. Uh, you could check out the past Garthon's comic poll on the right. live streams on the YouTube. Right. Get the full download on that. But it's been interesting. But the uh, I, I, I this book is just a mess. It's pointless. It's boring. It's slow. Every reveal is eye rolling. Uh, the art has gotten continually worse. This is me and Ben Ron Jackal were this, all the same person. Not originally. Uh, the original Jackal has been replaced by Ben Riley. Ben Riley made did a heel turn after after Jackal killed him over and over again trying to perfect his cloning process. It drove Ben a little nuts, and so he decided to take over as the Jackal. Which actually was a really well-written heel turn, actually, um, in Spider-Man. And so now he's trying to get Peter Parker to team up with him to perfect the cloning process so they can bring back Uncle Ben, their original mistake. Which, of course, is a bad idea. Always a bad idea. But back to Silk number 16. The plot meanders all over the place. The conversation is dull and you don't want to read it. The art... I just, it's bland and boring to look at. Even the combat, you just kind of look at like, eh. There's no dynamicism about it. Dynamism? Dynamism? Whatever. It's not dynamic. Dynamism. There's no action behind it. There's no feeling. There's nothing that makes you go, oh, wow, look at this fight scene. It's... Yeah, yeah. When, when, when a comic is written well, you actually, in your head, picture the action in between the panels. Right. And this is not written well, and the art is crap. Um... It's just gotten continually worse, and I don't know if it's like this is a side project for these people. They have, no, they have other things to do. They're like, yeah, I was supposed to be doing some good art for Silk Number 16, but you know what? Days of Our Lives has been kicking it recently, so I really got to catch up what's going on with Stefano. Oh, wait, he died. So, Stefano was the man, though, just so you know. But anyway, this is the bad book of The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. I give it a 1.5. I'm not buying another issue until it improves. Sorry, Silk. I loved you at first. But that's gone, my lady. But you broke our hearts. You broke, you broke my collective hearts. comic book heart. And that's sad, because Silk started as such an interesting character. And I really think that she suffered when uh, Spider-Gwen took off out of nowhere, and no one saw it coming. And she became the next savior of the Spider-Verse. And the fanboys just went gaga. And Marvel started focusing on their creative attention there. Now, the Spider-Gwen book I still don't really like, but it's been way better than Silk. I haven't been reading it. I've been, you know, paging through it in the store. Um, yeah, I know I'm bad. I should buy it, but no. It's not good enough for me to buy. But it has a nice punk rock feel to it. Very different world. It, it is a different world. It feels like a different world, so they did a good job with that. But just poor Silk. I'm sorry. 1.5 out of 5. Don't buy it. Yeah, that's gone from the poll. All right, and then the ugly. Justice League versus Suicide Squad, number four. This is currently DC's big multi-platform event. 
is Silk the Spider female comic where she was pregnant? No, that was Spider Woman. And that got so bad I stopped reading that too. Same problem. The story started going nuts and then started uh, the art and interior arts went to hell. Yeah. So this whole this whole uh, Suicide Squad thing, they're really going a little nutty with this. I mean, the, the last time it was like uh, the Suicide Squad beat the beat the JSA. Like, well, sure. Killer Frost beat the beat the Justice League somehow. Because but, reasons. Because she sucked Superman's power out and was able to do it. Because that's how that works. Whatever. Whatever. Um. Then issue three, uh, Amanda Waller pulled Batman aside, said, "Okay, here's why I'm doing this stuff." There's something worse happening, and I need your help. I could have put cortex bombs inside all you idiots, and I didn't, okay? That's a little olive branch. A little olive branch from Amanda Waller to Batman. I didn't pull off your mask. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I and didn't I, screw you over, so trust me. Right. The Firestorm villain? Yes, the Firestorm villain. Exactly. Killer Frost I thought was a Batman villain. I don't remember. Killer Frost is Killer Frost. Flash villain. Flash, Flash villain. villain. Yeah, Flash. Yeah. Yes. Flash. There's actually a nice scene where Flash actually talks to her. And he's like, I know you're not like this. I know you're not one of these people. I know you're a good person inside. You know, because Flash does that. Because Flash actually cares about people. Batman will just smack him in the face. Which actually... Uh, they'll, they'll learn their lesson in Arkham. Yeah, exactly. They'll learn how to be a better criminal, Batman. Good job. <laughs> they'll, learn, they'll learn how to escape prisons. Well, did you ever see... This is a quick side note about the Flash. The uh, It was in... Justice League Unlimited, the uh, cartoon series, there was a scene where a bunch of Flash's villains were teaming together to take him out. Uh, Trickster, Boomerang, Captain Cold, Mirror Master were all teaming together to take out the Flash. And uh, they kind of like let Trickster along, even though they didn't want to. Like, all right, Trickster. But because uh, he had some money, they could help him out. They needed some cash. But there's this okay. wonderful scene in that cartoon where, like, Batman, I think Green Lantern, and Flash walk into this bar where supervillains are known to frequent, and they see Trickster sitting at the bar drinking. And Batman's like, I got this. You know, he's about to, you know, lay into him. Flash's like, no, no, stay back, stay back. And instead of, like, going up in a fight, he just walks up, sits down next to him, and it's like, uh, hey, uh, you're wearing the costume again, Carl. Oh, am I? I, I didn't even notice. It just like has a conversation with him, like you know you're off your meds again. Oh, I don't need the meds. I do better without it. Come on, man, you really need to do that. I'm worried about you. And so he's just like talking to the guy, just having a conversation. He was like, look, look. Promise me you'll get back your meds. You, you need to do this. You know, I'll come. I'll come visit you tomorrow. Okay? Really? You promise? Yeah, I'll come by your house, your apartment tomorrow. We'll have a nice cup of coffee or something. You know, but can you tell me what the other guy? Oh yeah, they plan on doing this and this. They're going to be the Arkham Museum then at that time. All right. Now, as soon as you finish your drink, you need to go and turn yourself in, okay? And the guy just raises his glass. Got me again, Flash! You know, it was a great scene. Because it shows that Flash has that very different approach. You know, kind of a more caring approach. And it actually works for him, because that's just his personality. Right. And uh, uh, Cthulhu Law was right. Uh, Killer Frost was originally and historically a Firestorm villain. Ah, very good, Heathen Dog. Thank you for letting us all know. Cthulhu Law knows. She was probably featured in the 86 Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes. Yes, she was. Um, but since New 52, everyone's gotten a rewrite. Actually, Lobo's yeah. gotten two rewrites. So is Superman. Well, yeah. I mean, the the original rewrite was crap. On both of them, yes. So they had to, 
Yeah, yeah. So they had to they had to try and backtrack that stuff. Yeah, but uh, Jesse Lee vs. Suicide Squad number four uh, was written by Joshua Williamson uh, with art by Fernando Passerin, who also did the cover. Great art. I mean, top notch. Cannot argue with it. Uh, they're using this arc to try and set up a bunch of other things coming on as well. Like there's an upcoming uh, Search for Saturn Girl event and the uh, Death League 3000, whatever they're called. So they're just kind of setting that up in this issue. Um, there's some great action scenes in this. I still don't understand why Harley Quinn somehow is able to stand up to anyone and not just get pummeled. She has no superpowers. Liter- I know. Literally the only chance she has is with Batman, and still she has no chance. Right. It's just it's pathetic. But the fanboys love Harley, and thus she gets press. You notice who the most upfront member on this cover is? It's stupid Harley Quinn. But there actually is one neat I mean, scene. At, at, truthfully, at, truthfully, at the center, there's Lobo, but in the foreground is Harley. Is Harley. There actually is one neat scene with her in this where Johnny Sorrow who has a uh, like demon summoning powers. And also if he reveals his face, it drives people insane. There's a great scene where he, he's fighting this wonder woman and he's about to pull off his mask and reveal his face to her. And Harley Quinn actually gets in the way and looks him right in the face and says, ah, cute mug. And then, you know, punches him in the face because she's already bat, bat nuts. So being driven insane by Johnny Sorrow is not going to affect her. I honestly think it's still judging by how it's done. Giant Star's power system is shown in other places. It still really should have worked, but I guess they're trying to pull Harley has some kind of use, and that was it. Uh, but uh, great battle scenes. The plot of the book has been moving along nicely. Uh, it's been revealed that Amanda Waller's original Suicide Squad team, yeah, Harley Quinn's a great role model for little ones, being in an abusive relationship, no matter how much he beats you and ha- hates you and abuses you, you know in the end he still really loves you. What a terrible, terrible role model. Ugh. Ugh. It is a very sore spot with Garthon. Garthon is not a fan of Harley. I liked Harley Quinn in the original anime series. I thought she was a great villain because she's so tragic. The issue you try to start making her a protagonist or even some kind of hero, it goes right off the rails. And it makes no sense at all. Uh, it's just, you know, you don't have people holding up Tammy Faye Baker dolls saying, oh, you know, she's so great. There's no Imelda Marcos, you know, fan club. I'm sure there is somewhere. You know, uh, well, Vita Perón got her own musical. So I guess, you know, evil, abusive, useless people can be vilified, can be loved by some people. Anyway. Wait, who, 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 is, the, who is the United Liberation Front person who was the girl who was uh, brainwashed by them? Uh, Patty Hearst. That was there like the yeah. that Patty was like Hearst. the 70s Liberation Army or something. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> People Patty love she, mass she child murder because because she got all Stockholm syndrome and all messed up and stuff. Yeah, whatever. Well, Darth Vader. I see a people lots of people have last love mass murders like Darth Vader. I think that that's been a tragic thing to happen to Darth Vader's character as well. He was actually once unrelatable evil, dark, and after prequels, he's just some punk. He's some putz who whines a lot. Um, I think Darth... 
Darth Vader needs some rehab. The Darth Vader comic series was really cool. But then again, at no point reading the Darth Vader comic series that just came out did I think, wow, Darth Vader's such a great guy. And I thought, wow, this guy's evil, man. I don't want to screw with him. But it was entertaining to read. Which is different than Harley, where people are like, I want to be like Harley Quinn to get my hair done. Oh, relationship goals. Oh, no one looks, no one, you know, puts up a picture of Darth Vader and uh, Amidala and says relationship goals, you know? Uh, that would be funny to do, though. Kind of twisted. Anyway. <laughs> Don't bring up Harley to Garthon. That's, I guess that's a rule. But the, uh, anyway, the strongest part of this book is the art. It really is. Uh, the plot's becoming more clear, and it's okay. Uh, Amanda Waller had an original uh, Suicide Squad, who were apparently insanely powerful, um, but then she decides she didn't want to use them anymore and locked them all up in the secret prison and made a new Suicide Squad. Um... Max Lord, who can control minds, found out about the original Suicide Squad, went to bust them out of their secret prison, and told them all, hey, let's even our score with Amanda Waller, so that while they're evening their score, he could crack into Amanda Waller's new base and get an item he believes will bring him ultimate power, which is, of course, the Eclipso Crystal. Oh, that always ends well. Yeah, uh, yeah. so let's ask you, is Amanda Waller still a full-figured woman? Sort of. Not like she used to be. Which is actually kind of sad. I always kind of liked how Amanda Waller was like a big, tough woman. And after New 52, she's not that big anymore. Yes, I said Max Lord. And he is evil in this book. I like the way they're writing Max Lord. Evil. Has his eyes on a master plan. Controlling minds. He's the same for J.B. who had his next outfit, Wonder Woman. Yes! But it's after since New 52, that's all been rewritten. Yay. Yay. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of New 52. I'm not. It has... It's had its good points, and it had its bad points. Yeah, but overall, I think... Uh, he's not a Manhunter. That no. probably would have went another way. Okay, what, uh, you were talking about the, the art was really great. Uh, yeah, the art's fantastic. Love the art. Um, and it looks there's actually was a pretty neat scene where uh, like Lobo is chasing down Waller and Batman, and Batman keeps telling him like Lobo, you're being mind controlled. You're being mind controlled. He's like, you can't control the main man. Rawr, I'm the toughest mug there is. He wouldn't dare try to mind control me. No one mind controls the main man. And he, Batman just like gets behind him manages to inject a cortical bomb into him and sets it off and blows his head off. Which will not kill Lobo. Lobo will just regenerate that. He's dead foolish that way. Sure. My, my thought but. of what's going to happen with that is since his mind will be blown up and I have to reform it, he'll wake up and not be mind-controlled and then go, that son of a bitch. And then turn on Max Lord and then, then now Max Lord has a problem. Yes, because Lobo is like Deadpool Superman. Uh, Cthulhu Law asks uh, if he controls minds, if Maxwell controls minds, or just nudge like he did when Diana put him down. Uh, he can still just well, nudge no, uh, them, uh, but a little more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, let, let, let me take this one. Uh, he, yes, he can control minds, but he decided to nudge Diana 
because he he wanted he wanted Diana to truly believe that she made the she made the decision all on her own. So so everyone else would, you know, think that she's horrible. And and she would actually defend it. You know, full full-throated de- defense in, in in what in what she did and truly believe it. So she only needed nudges so she wouldn't understand uh, have any, you know, understanding of the control that was actually going on. Also just nudges don't tend to give him major nosebleeds. Yeah, there's that too, yeah. And hurt his brain. So, um, this book's heading for a climax. They've already, like, showed solicitations of things coming up. Um, they're going to have a new... Right now, there's no JLA book. There's a Justice League, but there's no Justice League of America. They're going to start a new Justice League of America, and it looks like Lobo is... And I think Killer Frost are part of the team. So I'm get And Batman, of course. So I'm guessing that out of this, eventually, you know... Uh, they're already taking out Emerald Empress in this. They cracked her eye of Ekron, and then it temporarily warped her back. And that's when she's saying, no, I need to find Saturn Girl! And that's leading to why I saw a solicitation for a Saturn Girl, uh, the Search for Saturn Girl series. So, this is being used as a gateway for other things. Okay, but still, the you know, it, it's visually impressive. I can oh, tell by the color. Oh, it's visually impressive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, overall plot arc, I actually don't mind once I start seeing it all. But the individual issues just kind of shrug. Well, um, yeah, I mean, the, the idea that, that even a Suicide Squad uh, bolstered with Lobo could take on the entire Justice League and win? Well, well, no, no, no. The the original Suicide Squad, which is not yeah, su- yeah. that never was never in the comics, is like Lobo, Emerald Empress, Enchantress, basically all these, like, not Enchantress, um, but a lot of, like, s- people who could take on the Justice League on their own and have a good chance. So that's really impressive. But the second Suicide Squad with uh, Deadshot, Killer Frost, Katana, who actually wasn't in Justice League of America for a while, and I don't know what happened with that. That was a great JLA lineup when she was in it. Anyway, um, that these people could take on the Justice League is laughable. You know, yeah. especially because Superman by himself should be able to wipe them out. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, he, Lobo would give him... Yeah. Uh, what is the continuity for Legion in the current DC continuity universe? Because uh, I'll ask. There actually is no Legion in the current continuity. Um, it looks like this is actually leading up to creating the Legion of superheroes. But good question. The Legion of superheroes, for those who don't know, is basically the Justice League in what the year three thousand is it? It's yeah, the like far that. future. Far future. And actually, they had like, was it one or I think it was just one season. There was actually a Maybe it was two. A, uh, a Legion of Superheroes cartoon, which was actually really good. And on that line, uh, the the Young Justice series that only had two seasons. This is actually getting a oh, third season. Oh, I know, right? That was awesome. That is awesome. I'm so happy that's getting a new season. I love that. Yes. That was that was a great series. It was. It was really good, and it and it it didn't it didn't talk down to anyone. You know, I mean, uh, the at, at the end of the first season, they had a, they had a betrayal, and then yep. throughout the throughout, throughout the second season, you learn it wasn't really be, really a betrayal; it was a plan. Right. Yeah, it was great. It was know? great. Kazoo Law is asking yeah, if Superman is still susceptible to magic. Could Katana and Green Eyed Legion villain, who is uh, Emerald Empress, uh, take him out? Uh, that's actually how they stop Superman when the uh, they first tangle up. Emerald Empress uses the Green Eyed Ekron to uh, use magic on him, and that. Uh, ties him up. It doesn't defeat him, but it ties him up. So yeah, he's still, vul- still vulnerable to magic. Do you know who I miss being in Justice League? Who's that? Shazam. 
Or Captain oh, Marvel. Yeah. Or the Kelm Shazam. Oh, well, yeah, but Captain Marvel, yes. And for, after New 52, he was a prominent member of... Well, a little bit after. He was a prominent member of the Justice League. He was awesome. And then Rebirth happened, and he's not even mentioned anymore. And that's just oh, dumb. Man. Soon there's a Shazam movie coming out soon. Well, not real soon, but a couple years. I like Shazam so much. When he's done well, Shazam is awesome. When he's done poorly, like any other book, you don't want to read it. So, anyway... Uh, Justice vs. Suicide number four. The art's the best thing about the book. Uh, the plot's okay. The writing, I just kind of shrug my a lot at. And just, I wonder what the hell they're thinking a lot of times. It looks like this was written for fanboys to buy because fanboys want to see it. Um, Suicide Squad had a movie. Justice League is getting a movie. Uh, which actually, in recent comic news, there's a Apparently a lot of worry in in uh, Warner Brothers about this movie, and they apparently wonder. Inner side sources have been saying that Wonder Woman and Justly are both messes of movies. But Wonder Woman trailers look so freaking oh, cool. Yeah, I, there are cool. There were cool looking trailers for Superman, Man of Steel, and that movie was just terrible. I wouldn't say terrible. It, I would. No, no, no. They, they they decided to go dark with it, and that's not Superman. That's all they're doing, though. Uh, Zack Snyder I, is still I, the I producer on all that. these films, even though everyone complains about how terrible they are. They keep giving him the reins. You know, it's like saying, oh, God, that movie's awful that Zack Snyder did. Let's make a new one, but make sure Zack Snyder's still involved. No, bad ideas. Superman is not dark. Superman doesn't kill. Superman doesn't do that, and yet, and he killed. Saw did, that didn't, you know, yeah, yeah, he was all broke up about it for like five minutes, but come on, man. And he, he allowed, he allowed, this is, this is really, really upsets me about, about that movie is he allowed the fight to happen in Metropolis when in Superman 2, he ran away to make sure a fight of superheroic proportions did not happen in Metropolis. It happened. Yep where he can control it and that was smart and that was good and that's what superman would do because he's smart and good this uh the that movie upset me on that level uh, it uh, it really does upset me i can't say it's a really horrible movie i can only say it's an okay movie because yes i mean uh, up and uh, besides that it was it was okay besides that it was okay but bleh, other than that yeah, if you if you if you just take those two, you know, portions of the movie, it was bad. It was bad. Comic book poison. Bad. Yeah, I agree. But uh, final notice for Justice for Suicide Squad number four, I will give it a three out of five. I'll give it a three and a half. What the heck? I actually kind of enjoyed it. It could have. It's kind of ugly. An ugly mess. I enjoyed it. Kazula says what they have. You'll say Star Trek, the motion picture is bad, but not Man of Steel. I think I I think Star Trek, the motion picture is better than Man of Steel. He does. He really does. I I thought it was, you know, okay. He he's he's seeing it through a lens of the time. I'm seeing it through a lens of when I first saw it when I was a kid. And I wanted more. I wanted a faster pace. I know when I saw a kid, I loved it. Okay, oh man, I, I just found it so intriguing, and it was just so mysterious to me. Uh, uh, that's what I got. I was just, I thought it was, in, 
stream. Uh, that was me though. You know, I'm weird. I can't say. All right, all right. But 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 Viger to me is a is a bigger BS move than you know. Superman oh, I thought did. that was genius, man. I know you did. I know you did, and we we're gonna differ on that for the rest of our lives. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> He's Star Trek taught Cthulhu that being bald could be smoking hot. Yeah, Hacker was hot, man. If they're glowing okay, trach ring in her throat. That was, I, that was I will hot. give you that one. I will. I will give you that one. Yeah, she yeah. was. She was. She was very attractive. She one. was something. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Well, a, a very attractive what android? Um, at that point she was uh, she was an android, yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't even her. She was dead, and they, she was replaced with an android. But enough of her personality right. was left intact that uh. Was it Decker? Who was the name of the first yes, that officer? Was his name, Decker. Yeah, that yes. they could still. Uh, that's basically uh, Proto Riker and Proto Proto Android Troy could get it on. Yes. <laughs> I never thought of that before, but I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's pretty much what it is. That guy was Riker. I mean, I forget the guy's name. He was a good actor. I I, I was actually kind no, of he, felt uh, sorry did, for his character. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah, yeah. What, 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 now, nowadays, I don't think because he's the same guy that was the the father in uh, uh, Seventh Heaven, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but now it's it's known that he was like a he like diddled little kids or something like that. Really? No. I think so. No, no, that needs to be looked up. No. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. Hang on. Yeah, you look that up. Cthulhu agrees in the genius of V'ger. Yeah, cause, I, they'd actually done other... There was an episode, was it Nomad, where there was a satellite that was sent out, and it got mixed, got reconfigured by an alien satellite, and so it didn't know its purpose, and it was super advanced. So they actually kind of done something like that previously. V'ger could have been a product of the same civilization, honestly. And that... Yes, here we go. Here we go. Oh. Uh, October, October 2014, the New York City Police Department began investigating Collins, which is his name. His name is Stephen Collins. Uh, after an audio tape leaked to the media revealed a male voice purported to, uh, to be Collins admitted to past sexual abuse of a minor. The Los Angeles Police Department spokesperson stated Collins had been investigated by the department in 2012 after receiving a claim from 40 years earlier regarding sexual abuse. The LAPD further stated the investigation did not allow them to substantiate the allegation. In December 2014, interview with People Magazine, Collins admitted he had an inappropriate sexual conduct with three female minors in 1973, 1982, and 1994. Ah, oh, that's just messed up. Dang it. Stupid perverts. Wasn't that the guy who was in Howard the Duck and Beetlejuice? And, also, and yeah, he got busted for the same thing. That was He was also the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was always Wait, entertaining. What? What? No. Yeah, the yeah the uh, the uh, kind of not necessarily overweight, but the guy with the mustache, orange orangish hair, principal. Wait, wait, who are we talking about now? The guy who played the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, who's also yeah. the bad guy in Howard the Duck. Yes, yes. Yeah, he was busted under uh, messing with the children as well. Ah, oh, dang it! Yeah. Man, this whole this whole episode was ruining my childhood. See, well, you shouldn't have brought it. If you hadn't brought it up in the first place, that wouldn't have been brought up either. Yeah, schlubby looking, Cthulhu says. That's a good way to put it. Schlubby looking. He yeah. was great in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You want a gummy bear? Um, anyway, <laughs> we're on to uh, the RNG, talking about the random things rolling around. Obviously, we've already kind of entered that zone since we're talking all around Superman movies, Star Trek movies, and naughty, naughty people who are going to burn in hell. 
So, right. something I would like to talk about is the Nintendo Switch. Which, historically, you don't like. <laughs> uh, well, Nintendo just had a huge Nintendo Switch reveal. Um, they released the price. Uh, it's about the same as a PS4, kids. Um, how much uh, extra sets of controllers will cost? About 80 bucks. Um, and uh, a launch lineup, which includes a Mario game. I know, shocking. A Zelda game, which is previously released, uh, uh, previously announced for the Wii U, which actually looks pretty impressive, but not that impressive. Not next-gen console impressive. And also some other games that no one cares about. Um, the Switch, of course, is a gimmick. It's almost a description of the Switch. The Switch is Nintendo's new system. Um, it's a new console. The main conceit of it is the Wii U used a like a tablet to interact with it, and this the system is the tablet with two controllers that mount on either side of the tablet, which consists of four buttons and a thumb pad or a thumbstick. Yeah, with yeah, the thumbsticks yeah. can be pulled off and put on mounted to a separate controller when you mount the switch to its docking station, which will then put the image on your TV. Right. To me, what it looks like happened is Nintendo said, we are sticking with motion control. I don't care if it's failing. I don't care if everyone hates it. Motion freaking control. They're sticking with that horse. And on top of that, they're saying, okay, we're getting killed in the console market. So what we're going to do is take where we're dominant in the handheld market. And that will be our console. Our new console is our new handheld. So basically what you're getting is an iPad with a controller built in. Which you could slide the controller off the sides, which looks kind of cool. Don't get me wrong. But to me it just seems like Nintendo has kind of given up trying to innovate really. This isn't to be innovative. It's a tablet. Um, which you could dock. It's overpriced. It's hardware cannot do anything near what the PS4 or Xbox One can. The games that are announced for it could easily be on their current systems and be just fine. Um, they showed a game called Arms, which is a boxing game where you have to jump all around. You know, that could be a Kinect game, and it doesn't look that fun. It's bright and colorful. It reminds me of Splatoon, which is kind of a fun shooter game with actually a really dark understory if you read it. But the... It's nothing that great. They showed uh, a collection of mini games called One Two Switch, which is basically the Switch's version of the Wii's uh, Wii Sports. Little mini games like goat milking, or sorry, cow milking. You know what? I've been looking for cow milking to come home, and thank God it finally has. Uh, it's just, it's really sad. I look at Nintendo, it's like, when did you run out of ideas? It. Yeah, I just, I feel sad for them. And I'm really worried that this is going to just bomb. And all the well, advertising they're having for it is not geared toward kids or adults. It's geared, well, or like anyone over 40. It's geared at like people, go see what's surprisingly fun. Yeah, it is actually. But, uh, says Cthulhu. This seems geared at like 20-year-olds who remember Nintendo as something their older brothers played 
and they have enough money to be to blow on something so silly. Yeah, and uh, the, this 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 whole thing strikes me as stupid because uh, a, a regular tablet can can play games that are almost as good and for you know a fraction of the price. Right. So why why would anyone pay money to to play a slightly better tablet game? Right, and honestly, I haven't seen anything on the Switch that the Wii U can't already do. So it's you're not when PlayStation and Microsoft show off their new version, their new consoles, you're like, wow, that the graphics just blow away the previous console. Oh my gosh, look at that. It's incredible. Incredible. And this, I'm like, uh, the Wii U could do that. The Wii could probably do it too. But the Wii U could do it. And they keep advertising how, you know, like, oh, look, it's 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 a tablet with a docking station and a controller. It's not that impressive. I think they're really banking on the whole that the whole system is portable is what they're really banking on and that you could link systems together. Well, that's what the portable thing does. Basically, they're marketing this as if it's a really expensive portable and every really expensive portable has died. Horrible, horrible flaming deaths. Um, look at the Atari Lynx, which was a very expensive, very advanced portable for its time. Horrible flaming death. Um, Look at the uh, uh, there's another one. I just I, the SNK, not the Neo Geo Pocket. No, I'm thinking of something. The Turbo Graphics had a portable one, which would actually play Turbo Graphics U cards, regular 16-bit Turbo Graphics games on the portable, and that was incredible. But it was expensive as hell. No one bought it. The Sega Nomad would play, actually was a portable Genesis, and no one bought it. And they're going to have the same issue with this. It's a way too expensive portable. They're trying to market it. It's also a desktop. And there are Nintendo fanboys who will buy it just because it's Nintendo. But I think it's going to hurt the company pretty bad. Cthulhu Lost says it doesn't have to actually simulate milking in Goat Simulator. I don't think you can. Because you are the goat, not the farmer. Oh, oh, uh, Heathen Dog. Wasn't there, like, some piece of anime you missed in the stream or some such? Hello, Heathen Dog? Are you still there? I think we lost him. Or he got tired of me ranting and walked away. But I'm so good at ranting. That's all I have. Or maybe I'm not even streaming anymore. Maybe I've lost everyone and I'm all by myself in this cold, dark world. And so we continue. But that's my opinion of uh, Set Your Sticks is covering gaming comics people who don't have time to devote their life to gaming comics. Your show slug me podcast like you're running out of time. I like that! <laughs> Um, I do try and cover games and comics for people that don't have their time to devote to it. Um, I actually found it useful myself going through my podcasts is things I don't have the time to do myself. I listen to a podcast when I'm driving or something. You know, like watching certain shows. I don't want to spend three hours watching this show, but I could listen to a 30-minute podcast, get the whole thing. 
Because so it's maybe be alone would be cool because other people might be hell. Well, that is the old saying that hell is other people. That is true. But I know that Heathen Dog wanted to talk about a piece of anime he'd missed for anime on the stream. Oh yes, update. yes I did. Oh, welcome back. Yeah, well I, I had a, a little uh a router glitch there for a second. I thought you got tired of me ranting and walked away. I would never abandon you. Oh, you're the wind beneath my wings, heathen dog. Okay. Yes. Uh, my my uh, my last uh, anime segment last week. Uh, the the third anime that I reviewed, uh, uh, Chivalry Chivalry of a Fail Knight. Uh, I I neglected to mention something that uh, that Cthulhu were uh, was uh, you know I, I spoke to him about it earlier. Um, uh, I uh, all of the uh, all of the weapons that the that the, uh, the, the 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 magic using people could create had names and they were all very straightforward you know like fire fire salamander or shadow caster or you know stuff like that i mean they were easily translatable but the the hero uh, iki uh, kurogami had a had a weapon called intetsu and i put it i, I put it through several different uh um uh Tra translation yeah, yeah yeah translators and they came up with a whole bunch like dozens of different meanings good honorable trusting loyalty like all of those could be him but it, it's so many you know and and he actually uh uh told me well uh translate it to kanji and then try it then maybe you'll get a you know a uh narrowed down version and i did that but it narrowed down from 12 to 6 i'm like well that's great but it doesn't solve my problem so I decided to, uh, well, everyone else, the name of their sword meant something. Maybe the name of Iki's sword was a name that meant something. So I looked up the name in Tetsu. And I came up with Intetsu, Intetsu Akaboshi. He was born in 1810. He was a seventh Dan Go player, which uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say is the the uh, the equivalent to chess, but uh, for someone who doesn't know Go, yes, it's the equivalent to chess. And uh, when he uh, uh, he was uh, uh, let's see, uh, in 1835, uh, he he played a, a game with a ninth Dan. Uh, opponent and that that game lasted four days dang and at the yeah at the end of this four days he coughed up blood and passed out he later died now i i thought this appropriate i don't i don't know that this is why his sword is named this but his power itoshura con condenses all of his magical ability into one minute and in and it can be considered an analogous uh, idea that all of, uh, um, you know, Akabashi Intensu's game was, his life was condensed into this four days and it killed him. Now, obviously something else killed him, but it was actually tuberculosis that, that killed him. But, but um, hey. yeah, to, to have to everyone around, it looked like that, his he spent he spent the remaining days of his life condensed into the four days of this game and i don't like i said i don't know if that's true if if, if that was the, the 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 true motivation 
behind the the the, the name of of uh, uh, Kuragani's weapon, the, the sword of his soul, but it seemed so fitting that I felt remiss not talking about it at the time, which I I did look up before but forgot to, you know, I, I had it up as a tab in 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 my, but I just forgot to say it. But uh, it it seemed so fitting that I I wanted to I wanted to take the chance to say it now and give everyone a history lesson. Yay! Yeah, very good. Thank you. Well. Yay. Thanks for clearing that up. So, you had a special Friday the 13th stream of Star Trek Online. Would you like to tell us everyone about that? I will, but first I will answer Cthulhu Law's question, did the Go-playing namesake win his game? No, he lost. Uh, in the beginning of the, the, the first two days, he was winning. And the last two days, he ended up losing and then dying after that which is sad, which I, I didn't want to I think if you up, die in the game, you forfeit, don't you? No, he died after the game. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, yes, uh, though I had a, a special a special edition, Heathen Dog Streams, uh, Star Trek Online. Uh, there's a Friday the 13th edition because there is an episode of uh, Star Trek Online that can only be played on Friday the 13th and possibly Halloween because it was uh, it was deemed spooky and part of the, you know, idea of that was to to make it i don't know popular by making it well it's fun to have a limited events like that yes yes it is you know i, I understand i mean they, they they have anniversary you know uh stuff and they have winter stuff and summer stuff and you know that that that's all great um i'm not going to say anything else about that I, I want you to go and look because it's it's online right now the heathen dog streams star trek online special edition uh, it is uh, the I, I play through the game and, and you, you, you can see for yourself. And I ask you on that stream to compare what I think is the spookiest episode of Star Trek Online to the Friday the 13th, uh, the, the Friday the 13th episode storyline. And I want you to see it so you can make the decision for yourself. I mean, there there are there are parts of the Friday Thirteenth episode that are, you know, a little creepy. I will admit. But the other episode, personally, I think is a little better. But everyone can make their that, that decision for themselves. That's true. And also, opinions will always vary. Yes, yes, and I I want those opinions in the comments. I want it. I I want to. I want to debate on this. You know, if, if you have if you have a strong opinion against mine, I want to hear it. Unless you have properties that make you more suitable for living under a bridge, I want to hear what you have to say. And I will respond. I promise. Absolutely. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that's all I got. Well, um, also streaming-wise... It looks like uh, Legion of the member Shinatsu may actually be starting a World of Tanks stream on Wednesday. So definitely check yes, that upcoming. Yes, I heard that. Shinatsu's Wednesday World of Tanks. Yes. I don't know when good. I don't know when it's gonna go live, but but uh, I don't I don't know that she's good. I haven't played with her. I have played with her, and she is way better than me. Okay, well there you go then. I hope she's better than me than Mech Warrior Online because I suck. 
so bad at that <laughs> game. I, I am not made to be both gunner and driver. I, I am made to be either or. Being gunner and driver of a, of a, of a walking tank is not for me. Not. Well, so, you know, uh, when the Great Mech Wars I, come in 2050, we'd know who not to count on. Yes, don't count on me. I'm going to be the guy on the ground who's going to say, hey, uh, uh, remember, that, remember that movie Empire? I'm going to try and tie up their legs like Spider-Man did. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to be that guy. I'm not going to be the guy inside the mech. I'm not going to be that dude. Oh, man. Come on. You got to get them. I want to be like the guy in Robot Jocks. Then I'll be cool. Well, if, if, it's a, if it's a mech that doesn't, you know, act like a tank, then I might be okay. But a mech that acts like a tank, I'm not for that. Nope. I'm I wonder not. if they're ever going to remake Robot Jocks. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well. That's okay. Robot Jocks was not a great film. Yeah. But they are coming for, out with uh, Pacific Rim 2 is going to be coming, so... Pretty, I'm reservedly excited about that. I'm not excited about that. See, I, I think of Pacific Rim uh, in the same thought that I think of Avatar. Visually stunning, but storyline, a polished turd. No, like, no, no, I, no, no. I, I See, no, 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 no. Avatar is a polished turd because it was visually stunning and tried to make a deep statement about man and the environment. Whereas Pacific Rim was just fun. It was just beat up some giant monsters. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand. I understand. But, you know, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it because the, the writing and the acting was, was subpar, in my opinion. It was subpar. I mean, like, visually, the, the actual action scenes were awesome. And it, it made me keep watching it because I wanted, I wanted to see the next fight. You know, it made me keep watching it, but that was the only thing that made me keep watching it. In Avatar, they didn't even have that. I didn't keep watching it. I've never seen the end of Avatar. I know what happens, obviously, because I've talked to people who have seen the end of Avatar. Oh, yeah. But... Whitey saves the uh, the indigenous people. I'm sorry? Uh, at the end of Avatar, uh, the white people come and save the indigenous people from their own stupidity. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it's It's not good. It's not. I mean, you know, it's not. It's not a good movie. I I, I will stick to that until I die. No, it is not a good film. No, and what really a, annoys me so much is that Avatar is actually getting, like, a spot in Disney World. That is frightening. But it's an animal kingdom, which honestly is the worst of all the parks. So hey. Yes, that's true. So, yeah, that that's appropriate. I, I, I will believe that. I will believe that. Okay. Yep. Yep. But the uh, oh my gosh, I just Animal Kingdom annoys me so much at Disney World because it's made to look dirty and broken. I don't want to go someplace dirty and broken. I go to Disney World to avoid dirty and broken places. Why would you make a park that on purposely looks like someplace I don't want to be? They thought that immersion was better than comfort. No. 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 And also, it's a pain to get around because everything's all broken and twisted. It's, come on, jerks. The rest of your parks are designed intelligently. And that one, you decide to be, oh, look at the big world tree in the center. Great, now I can't get anywhere, thanks. Ugh, stupid animal place. I like seeing the animals, but, you know, they have a nice bird show there. 
Avatar is only a polished blank if that blank had been shot for the leg of a wound James Spader blank in Crash in the next... Oh, wow. So, Kazula, I'm guessing, does not like Avatar. No, no, he is, he's, an, he's apparently an intelligent human being and, <laughs> and does, not, does not appreciate Dances with Smurfs. No, Dances with Smurfs is a terrible, terrible film. Horrible, horrible film. And if you liked it, you should be ashamed of yourself. I think part of the problem is, did you see Avatar in the theater? No. Neither did I. The people I know who love that film all saw it in the theater. So I guess maybe the theater, like the visuals were stunning enough that they could forgive its lack of intelligent plot or dialogue. Or story. Or story, yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm guessing that had to be it. I'm I'm absolutely certain that had to be it. I mean, uh, it was it was a, it was the only time that I can say a turd was successfully polished. Usually Maybe they froze that, it first. You, you usually that is an impossible feat, but it was a turd that shone, shone and sparkled. James Cameron can polish a turd, my friend. Yes, he can polish a turd. I'll give him that. I mean, he he is gifted in that area. He can polish a piece of crap and make it stunning looking. Oh, Kazula says he did see the theater in 3D, and it looked cool with like all the Yes album covers. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I can't. That's that's it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Oh gosh. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for this week. What do you think, Ethan Dog? I think we're good. I think so. So, if you have any constructive comments, who put constructive in there? Max was no, to put that in. No, any comments at all, Max Leal. <laughs> suck him. We'll take unconstructive no. comments, as long as they're positive. Any comments. Uh, go no, ahead. Well, they could be negative, too. They could be negative, as long as they're about Ethan Dog. Um, Ouch. Or Max. Actually, let's no, make all the negative ones I'll, about I'll Max. But uh, positive ones for me and Heathen Dog. Booyah. I'm fragile. Come on now. <laughs> Say what you want. I don't care. Your opinion means nothing to me. I got nothing but love for the universe. Uh, so you can check Selena Mustin out on the internet at TV. Check us out on Facebook, the YouTubers, the Twitters, the Twitchers. We got it all. Uh, you can download this podcast on iTunes and FeedBurner. If you're down on iTunes, please go ahead to iTunes, give it a rating, uh, give us a positive five-star rating, a little comment that really helps us out there. And if you want to support actually, us, actually, actually, uh, as as an added uh, thing, I, I heard from a friend of mine that uh, uh, not all of our episodes are available on iTunes anymore. Uh, that is because of how we're restructuring the website. So after the website restructured, the way that iTunes points at the feed, it didn't work anymore, and we have to like redo everyone individually. And oh, okay. So th- they will get there eventually, but our our, our producer Max Liao has to go in and reformat. Yeah, essentially. And okay. our producer has a real life, yeah. so I don't know if and when that's happening yeah. for the older episodes. Yeah, he's got a wife and everything and whatever. And honestly. Like the very first few episodes, you probably don't want us to anyway. We uh we had to ramp up. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I actually I actually listened to the first episode and and uh, I didn't. I stopped. Was I on the first the episode? End. Yes, you were. Ah, see, it took us a while to so ramp was up. Rooks. It took us a while to ramp up to be good enough for Heathen Dog to join us. That was the key. It's true. It's we, true. We had to it's level true. up I mean, to I, unlock. I, I I I wouldn't join this thing. Yeah. We had to level up to unlock yes, Heathen Dog. You unlocked the Heathen Dog as an accomplishment. That's right. 
that was a big chivo we got there. Yep. <laughs> uh, but the uh, if also if you want to support us, uh, you can check out gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Yeah, we've got some cool coffee mugs there, some cool t-shirts. Um, and directly at patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. I uh, would like to thank Hicks again for his support. Uh, our, current fa- our current favorite Patreon supporter, thank you very much for all your support. So if you have anything else, see the dog, anything you want to little, let us know. I just want to let everyone know that uh, I love you all, even if I hate everything about you. Still, you're a human being, and you, you deserve love. Everyone deserves I'm... a little love, unless they've it's true. done it's something true. very bad. Well, no, no. Even bad people deserve a little love. And uh, this this little is maybe like a, a CC of love, but they they deserve to be treated like a human. That's true. I, I got nothing but love for the universe, my friends. There you go. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thanks for playing along with us this week. It's been fun. Heathen Dog, my friend, it's been good. Cthulhu Law, thank you very much for chatting with us so much. George Lucas deserves some love. Come on, poor George. Gotta come sorry on. For I mean, yeah, yeah. He he ruined his own legacy, but he started his own legacy. So you gotta give him some prop for something. Yep. Every night he goes to bed crying to his Jar Jar Binks body pillow. But what can you do? So anyone, remember, guys, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great darn anomaly.